kind of a little bit all over tonight, uh, scripture-wise. So you just maybe follow along with me or be watching on the screen as they follow along with me if, if we can't keep up. I'm going to talk to you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to begin a process tonight that just for a few weeks we may be talking about um, uh, this concept. I, I want to talk about some words that precede revival. That if we really want a revival, if we really want an awakening, if we really want to live in the fullness of all that God has for us, we're going we're gonna to study some concepts, some words that precede revival. And these are going to be very important. These are some doctrinal words uh, that I think it's important that we understand. And so we're going to be doing that together, and I'm going to start off tonight. And so tonight we're going to talk about a word that's not the most popular word in our vocabulary of our world today. And probably not even the most popular word in the vocabulary of the church today. But I think it's a very important word that we're going to be talking about. And so if you want to turn in your Bibles with me, go to Genesis chapter number 4. Genesis chapter number 4. And let's just begin reading at verse number 1. And we're going to read down a few verses. And then I'm going to move you to a couple of other scriptures. So let's start Genesis chapter 4, verse number 1. It says, Now Adam knew Eve his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. And then she bore again, and this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door and its desire is for you. But you should rule over it. I'm going to talk to you today. The word that I'm going to talk to you about is just one word, small word, but I want to talk to you about that word, sin. And I'm not going to talk to you about the lists of things that we could list off and name them sin, the works of the flesh. We might touch on something, but, but that's not really the purpose for what we're doing today. I want to talk to you tonight about an understanding of sin, of what it truly means, about that, that, that doctrine of sin. Okay, so we're going to be looking at this a little bit. So now, if you will, I want you to turn way over almost to the end of the New Testament now. We, went, we were at the beginning of the Old Testament, the book of Genesis. But now I want you to go to the book of James, chapter number 1. James, chapter number 1, and verse number 13. Let's, let's back up to verse 12. James chapter 1, verse number 12. It says, blessed, blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted that I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does He Himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then, when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. So, so we see that in the book of Genesis, Cain 
was angry that God did not accept his sacrifice. And so the Lord speaks to Cain and tells him to beware for sin is crouching, laying at his door, waiting for an opportunity. In James chapter number 1, he begins to talk to us about enduring temptation. And he begins to talk to us about the fact that each one of us are tempted when we are drawn away by our own desires and enticed. And then the word begins to tell us that when desire has conceived, then it gives birth to sin. So, so this temptation and the opportunity of sin is always going to be with us. But when our desires then um, are acted upon, when it has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. One more passage of scripture, and then we're going to get into this a little bit. In Revelation chapter 3, started in Genesis, over to James, practical teaching about it, and now into Revelation chapter 3. I'm going to read one verse, verse number 20. Revelation 3, verse 20. Jesus says to the church at Laodicea, the lukewarm church, He said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Let me go one more. Let me read verse 21. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne. To him who overcomes. So I read those three settings of Scripture for you for a reason. The first one is I want you to see that sin is waiting at the door. The last one I read to you, I want you to see that the Lord says, I stand at the door and knock. So we see sin waits for an opportunity. But we see that the Lord also in the hearts and lives of people is there at the door. And so therefore that means that there is a role that we have to play in this process. If sin is at the door and if Jesus is at the door then what we allow in becomes very important. And James teaches and says that when we are drawn away and enticed by our own lust, sin comes in. And when sin comes in and is conceived, and it, uh, uh, when, when that desire comes in and it's conceived, sinful desire it turns into sin, and sin, when it's full grown, turns into death. And so, in other words, invite Christ in. That's going to be pivotal and key as we begin to move forward. So I'm going to talk to you tonight about that word, sin. There, there's a reason that I'm doing this tonight. I've had several conversations lately with several different people about concepts within the church and values and doctrines of the church and truths of the, the kingdom of God that so many have so little understanding about. And I think it's a dilemma that, that if we do not understand the concepts of the Bible, if we're not teaching them, if we're not talking about them, then, then, then people even that sit in our pews and people that we think should know have no true concept of what's going on. And sin seems to be one of these concepts. Sin has been boiled down to people, to whatever their, their um, hobby horses are, whatever whatever. Stand, they want to stand on something they call that sin, and then everything else just kind of slips by. So, sin has become very subjective to our own outlook in too many people's eyes. So, in other words, what I'm trying to say is we, we consider sin, and when we consider sin, most often we think about actions or activities that we would call sin. Now, sometimes those are things in the Bible. Sometimes those are things that are extra beyond the Bible. Sometimes those are just things that we determine whether we think they're sin because of if we feel they're wrong or not, or if somebody we like is caught up in it, then surely that can't be sin. And so we don't have a well-rounded understanding of this concept. And so I want to take this Wednesday night... And I just want to put this out there because I think it's important. How many of you believe it's important that we reclaim the doctrines 
that we see in the Word of God. Amen? I mean, there's, there are doctrines that we need to understand. You need an understanding of the doctrine of salvation. The, the fact that Jesus paid the price for us. We, we need an understanding of the, the doctrine, the teaching of holy, righteous, sanctified living. The doctrine, the teachings of faith. We need comprehension of these things. We, we need to be very careful. We have become so surface oriented in the church that we, we don't really dig deeply into the Word of God. How many know the Word of God is a wealth of treasure full of knowledge that you will never be able to find the bottom of. But we should be studying. We should be learning. And, and we look back uh, throughout time and history, and it seems like the church will go through times where they are more focused on teaching the doctrines of the Word than at other times. And when the church ceases to teach on the doctrines uh, and, and the truth that we find in the Word of God, we begin to see the living of people begin to deteriorate. And I think we're seeing that today. And so we're going to just take a little bit of time. And over the next few weeks, I'm just going to share with you some, some very important words that we need and understanding of again and we need to study out so that's what we're doing tonight so i don't know what you came expecting um, but that's what you're going to receive tonight and i don't know what you might have got on to watch tonight online but that's where we're going to be so i hope you'll stick with us and you're going to learn something tonight i believe in in first john chapter number three Verses 6 through 9, 1 John chapter 3, verses 6 through 9, it says, Whoever abides in Jesus does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous just as the Lord is righteous. He who sins is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. Now, there's a lot of depth that we could go into that one passage of Scripture. This is not teaching that once we are saved, we can never sin again. That's not what this is teaching. It's talking about the concept that once we have accepted Christ and we are truly living in Him, we can live free from sin because Jesus paid the price for sin. The wages of sin has been paid. And so, therefore, we are now without excuse. Amen. We that are in Christ Jesus, we are without excuse. We can no longer excuse ourselves by saying what many in the world say. Well, we're just weak, and, and, and I just, my flesh is weak, and I'm, I'm weak as I live in this life, so I just have to sin a little bit every day. Well, that's not what the Word teaches us. That may be popular thought processes today and to give us an out and an excuse for living far below what the Word teaches us, but it is not biblical. You can live free from sin if you live in Christ. Now, the good news is the Bible does teach us because we are immature we are weak we should be growing somebody say we should be growing but because we are the bible does tell us that if we do fall into sin if we do find ourselves uh sinning and and turning life back into that direction we have an advocate with the father jesus christ the anointed amen it's not an excuse to sin paul would say should i sin so that I can prove how great grace is? He said, no, God forbid. Amen. So we need to understand that I've come to kind of battle some concepts that is in our world today and in the church today. Here, here's some things I want you to think about. Sin is not unavoidable. Hear me. Sin is not unavoidable that means you can avoid sinful practice amen 
There's choice involved in this. You can, you can play the weak flesh card all you want. How many of you allowed, how many of you have children? How many of you allowed your children to use the same excuse for doing the same wrong thing over and over and never, never punish them for it? Amen. How many of you did, well, after so many times, how, how long can you hear the same excuse for doing the same thing before you said, that's unacceptable? Amen. Are y'all, are y'all still out there? But that's how we want the Lord to, to look at us. Well, that's the sign of drastic immaturity. That's the sign of living far below what is expected of us. And so, don't fall into that trap. Sin is not unavoidable. It is avoidable, but it takes awareness and some perception and some willingness to avoid it. Amen. Nobody throws you down and makes you watch those things that are going to tempt you. No, you don't just wake up in the morning... And, and that evening, all of a sudden, you are ejected out of your house into that place where that stuff that's held you bound for so long is going on. And you just don't even know how you got there. And all your friends are around and the party's raging. And you just didn't. There was just no way to say no. That's not what happened. Sin can be avoided. No matter what people want to tell you, if you'll walk with Christ... You can walk in victory. Here's another thing. Sin is not accidental. Amen. It's not accidental. Now you might, you might just out of habit. Felt like I was about to sneeze there. If I sneeze here in a minute, forgive me. You might out of habit just react and do something. But sin is not accidental. You don't, you don't just, oops. You know, I, I sinned again. That's, 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 real, that's a cop out. That's not what I'm, well, I don't know we like to think that. But do you know God knows better? Amen. It's not accidental. We don't just accidentally sin. There's effort put into it. There's planning that goes into it. Amen. There's a thought process that goes along with it. Here's another one. Sin is not acceptable. So it is not unavoidable. It is not accidental. And it is not acceptable. Don't ever allow yourself to accept sin. Have you ever noticed if you even begin to accept and to tolerate the smallest deviation from Christ, the enemy finds a way in and pretty soon he's taken you farther than you ever intended to go. That's what sin will do because sin brings death. And we're going to talk about what this means here in just a moment. Do you know that all of us have a fallen sin nature? That's, that's, in our flesh there's a sin nature. There, that's why this flesh is not going to make it out of this world alive. It is, it is under the condemnation of sin. We have a sin nature that is with us. It, we term it the flesh. And, and the flesh, is, it produces the works of the flesh if it is allowed to. And all of us have this sin nature. Do you know also all of us have a spirit person, a spirit man inside inside of us because God has now the problem is if we are separated from God and we have not accepted Christ as our Savior that spirit man inside of us is dead sin has raged and we are not alive in the spirit we are alive in the flesh but we are not alive in the spirit and all of us have been made a living soul 
And that soul portion of our body, we have a mind, we have a will, we have a free will, we have a mind, and we have emotions. And it is there that awareness resides, and it is there that by faith that comes to us, we can choose Jesus. And when we choose Jesus, the spirit man springs to life. We are reunited with the Father, and and Christ now lives in us, and we have life. If we reject Christ, then the flesh, the sin nature is is dominant and our will and our desire is turned that way so our choice becomes very prominent amen so i'm going to look at some terms for sin tonight and i want to define this a little bit better for us we're going to look at some terms that that you know you can study after some theologians i've looked at different ones peter ends with the moody um uh, the moody um uh, Book of Theology. I looked at French Arrington uh, with the Church of God, uh, his teachings. I've studied several of these. And let me just give you uh, some of this because it, it's, it's important that you get your mind around this. Because like I said, when we think of sin, we get in our mind certain sins, but we don't understand the concept of sin. And it's important that we go a little bit deeper than that. So let's do it tonight. Romans chapter 3 and verse number 23 says this. Romans 3, 23 for all, somebody say all, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That means everyone needs a Savior. Because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Without God, without Christ, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So all have sinned. The word there, the word sin is harmatia. Okay, that's the Greek word for sin there in that setting. And, and I want you to, to hear this because it, it is sin. It, it is that sin that means to miss the mark. For all have missed the mark. All have missed what God has desired for us because of our flesh nature. So anytime we find ourselves missing the mark, do you know that there are two types of sin? There are sins of commission and sins of omission. There are, there are the sins, the things that we do that we know are wrong. And there are the things that we do not do that, that we know are right. And both of those are considered sin because they are missing the mark. The Bible says, to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is what? It is sin. So if we know to do good, we know to do right, and we choose to not do it, then we have missed the mark. Amen. Or if we know what is wrong, and we choose to do it, we have missed the mark of God. The high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We have missed the purpose that, that we have been made for. That's, that's that concept of sin that we've got to keep in our mind of missing the mark. We need to, we need to remember that. We, we, if we're not careful, we find ourselves settling for missing the mark. God doesn't want that for us. He sent Jesus so that we could be saved. And then he sends his spirit into our life to awaken us, to keep pointing us to the mark, the right direction, the right way, to convict us when we veer off. And so we need to understand that. We need to make this our aim, that our aim is going to be to stay in tune with the Lord. How many of you have decided or discovered that if your aim is to stay in tune with the Lord and that is your focus and that is your purpose, there is an ability that comes to you and upon you and in you that helps you do that. But when you get distracted and, and you start doing other things, you easily miss the mark. The idea as is, is if like if you shoot an arrow. If you pull that bow, that arrow back in that bow, and you let it go and you miss the target, you have missed the mark. The question is, what is your target? If, if following Christ is our aim, and we live according to our flesh... We have missed the mark. 
Amen. Romans 14 and verse, through 20, verse 23. Romans 14 verse 23 says, But he who doubts is condemned if he eats because he does not eat from faith. For whatever is not from faith is sin. Because faith points us to Christ. So whatever we do that is not in faith, looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, walking in Him, then it, then it is missing the mark. We, we have missed it. We, we, have, we have followed ourselves rather than the Lord. Amen. Now, how many of you would agree it's easy to do that? But I want you to understand it's imperative that you realize and recognize that missing the mark can become a habit that will lead you down the road that will cause you to go farther than you ever dreamed that you could go. Because once you miss the mark and you continue to miss the mark, the easier it is to drift farther and farther away. Amen. And so many times we find ourselves doing this. Okay, the second word that we're going to look at in this is found in Romans chapter number 4. If you want to turn there with me, Romans chapter number 4 and verse number 15. Romans 4 verse 15. I'm just trying to take my time and just teach this a little bit tonight. Here's Romans 4 15. Because the law brings about wrath for where there is no law... Then there is no transgression. But, but sin is also a transgression of the law. That's, 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 that's a part of sin. So when you transgress God's law, that, that is a word that also is used for sin. That's, that's that parabasis word that, that, that is sin. That, that means you have transgressed the law of God. You have acted in a way that, that is against God's law. You have broken God's law. Okay? So, so we find that. So we find that we miss the mark as the Lord leads us. But, but we can also find that, that we transgress the law. That we break His laws. How many of you believe God has laws that we are to live by? Well, Pastor, I thought we lived by grace in the day of grace. We do. But that does not mean that there are not God's laws that we abide by. When you do not love your neighbor, you have transgressed God's law. And that's sin. Amen. That's why racism is so terrible. And hatred and it's so terrible because it's a transgression of God's law. It's sin. Amen? Are y'all still out there? And it doesn't matter your circumstance. It doesn't matter what's happened to you in your life or anything like that. It's, a, it's the law of God that we are to live our life by. And when we choose to not love our neighbor, when, when we choose uh, to do things that are in direct opposition to God's law... It is sin. And I know it's, it, you know, we don't like to hear that. And we don't like those boundaries. But boundaries are there for a reason. We're living in a culture today that wants no laws. Right? They want no laws. We just want to be free to do whatever we want to do. Well, that's not, you don't even live that way in the natural world. So why in the world do we think it's okay to live that way in our spirit life? Amen. So this, and, then, and then the second word that kind of goes along with that in dealing with sin is, is the word that, that would translate out lawlessness. <laughs> Amen. So let's, let's look over there. 1 John chapter 3 verse 4. 1 John chapter 3, verse 4. Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness. And sin is lawlessness. So to, to desire to live life lawless is sinful. So those two kind of go hand in hand. Transgression of the law. 
And then that desire to live lawless. To, to, and the Bible says, it was very plain there. I just read it to you. Sin is lawlessness. And whoever commits sin, he said, also commits lawlessness. You are choosing to be your own God. How many believe we have a culture that, that these two words, that fits them perfectly? They have no care about transgressing God's law, and they want to live lawless. They want to live without the ramifications of what God has taught. They want to become gods of their own selves. They want to choose what is right and wrong. They want to choose. And sadly, many in the church live this way. Then that's why we can we can take certain scriptures in the Bible and preach them all day long, and then other stuff that we don't like, we just kind of either skip over, avoid, or want to take out of our Bible. Amen. We because because that lawless nature. We we're individuals. I should be able to choose what I want. Well, if it's not affecting anybody else, then it's no one's business. Amen. But it, if, if it is against the laws of God, the laws of nature, right? The laws that we live by together, then it is lawlessness. And John just wrote under the anointing of the Holy Spirit that then that is sin. See, we, we can think of our, of our lists of sin. And when we start mentioning sin, most people immediately start developing their list. Well, this is sin and that is sin. But, but probably nobody put down, well, just not wanting to live according to God's law. To not to live lawless. No, we, we, wanna, we want all the other labels so we can define those things a little easier. Titus chapter 2 verse 14 says, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men who turn from the truth. To the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. They turn from the truth. God's laws are true. God tells us to live ways for a reason. Do you know they have even proven, and I'm not, we don't live under the old, old covenant and the old law, and so therefore it, we're not, we don't live by all the strict dietary results, but do you know that it is proven that most of those dietary laws that God gave were for their own benefit? They would be healthier. God's ways... Are for our benefit. But we have a problem. Because sin has come in. We will easily turn from the truth. He who. He says in, in verse 14 of chapter 2. Who gave himself for us. That he might redeem us. From every lawless deed. And purify for himself his own special people. Zealous for good works. So we need to be zealous for Him. He will forgive us of every lawless deed. We've got a problem. People want to turn from the truth. But God said, I can forgive you for every lawless deed. Amen. It's anemia is the word there. And it simply means to live lawless. Let me give you one more. Matthew chapter 24, verse number 12. Matthew 24, verse number 12. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Never believe that because we live in the day of grace, we live in a day where God's word does not still rule our lives. God's way and God's rule directs us. Amen. Hmm. Let's, let's press on just a little bit more. Romans chapter 1 and verse 18. Romans chapter number 1 and verse 18. And this.
passage of scripture is very familiar because it's going to go into a whole list of things that we consider sin. But Romans 1 and 18 says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of man who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Another word that scripture will use as you move forward uh, talking about sin will be the concept of ungodliness. Ungodly living is sin. So to live without God is sin. Amen. Remember the remember he's the the old sayings, he's the silent listener of every conversation. He's he's always there to live as if God is not with you causes people to live in ungodliness. So, with those terminologies of sin we begin to realize sin then is missing the mark so not not pressing forward sin is when we transgress God's ways we we determine we're just going to trample on God's word and God's ways or it's being lawless just trying to live without God's word and thinking we can do better on our own and it is choosing to live without God These all are considered sin, according to the Word of God. And so we find the Word teaches us sin is rebellion. Amen? Rebellion. The Bible talks about witchcraft. It's a sin of rebellion. Rebellion is that sin of witchcraft. It is sinful. To be rebellious. Sin is as idolatry. You're putting something else in front of God. Sin is immorality and sensuality. No, we need that today. We need to understand immorality should not be winked at, laughed at, or accepted in godly culture. Amen. Immorality and sensuality. We live in a world today that that they sell everything from toothpaste to car tires and tractors based on sex. We live in an immoral world. We live we live in a world of immorality and sensuality and it is a sinful place. Sin is as pride and self-centeredness. Now, I'm going to sum all this up for you, and we'll kind of talk about why I'm sharing this in just a moment. Sin is unbelief, not believing in Christ and what he accomplished. Sin is injustice and a lack of love for others. All of these develop and and attribute to lives of sin. How many believe that if we're going to truly have revival, if we're going to truly be awakened to what God has for us, we need to deal with this sin problem. We need to deal with self-centeredness. We need to deal with our pride, with our lack of love, with our willingness to and, and, and uh, pension for injustice. We need to deal with our unbelief and immorality and sensuality. We need to deal with idolatry where things are put in the place of God. We need to deal with our rebellious mindsets and attitudes. We need to ask ourselves, am I going to settle for missing the mark that God has for me, that Christ calls me to, the things He asks me to do that I'm not going to do? We need to, we need to ask ourselves, am I, am, I, am I transgressing God's laws God's ways am I am I living lawless like God's laws have no bearing over my life am I living in a way that God is not welcome in areas of my life we're we're in summertime I've heard people say you know when you go on vacation you don't have to worry about living godly on vacation you better 
You don't leave, when you drive out of town going somewhere, you don't leave God in whatever town you've left. He, he's there with you. Amen? So, so it's important that we recognize this, that we deal with this, that we get beyond our list of things we've called sin, and we understand what the Bible calls sin. Because if we want an awakening... If we want a revival that's going to shake us to our core and shake nations and shake our city and shake our communities, then we've got to understand that we need to give everything in our life to the Lord. We need to let Him evaluate our lives completely to ensure. See, if we will understand what the Bible teaches about sin, we will be far less judgmental on everybody else. Because it's real easy to see the... The, the toothpick in your brother or sister's eye and miss the big old oak tree in your own eye. Amen. Because, well, after all, I see the works of the flesh in their life, but what about your pride and self-centeredness? Well, I see the stuff that they're doing and the things that they're involved in. Well, what, what about your unbelief? See, if we want revival, we've got to deal here. Judgment will begin in the house of the Lord. We've got to make sure that we are free, that we are living in Christ. Because as I read to you earlier in, in James, he tells us, or in 1 John, he told us that if we will live in Christ, we will live outside of sin. We will live in freedom. We will live in the Lord. And do you know God's given provision for sin? Here's what the Bible teaches. Here's the provision for sin. He has given the Son of God sacrificial lamb. Who shed his blood. Who paid the price for the sin of mankind. Not only that. He has given us the word of God. That we can use this word of God as a weapon. Against the sinful nature that is alive in this world. We can make the flesh submit into this word. When you're struggling with your flesh. Don't just write it off and say well I'm just weak. Take your flesh to this word. Amen. Do you know your flesh? It was it was it the Wizard of Oz that had the witch that melted. Do you know that's about how your flesh will act when you submit it to reading and studying the Word of God. Your flesh will act like that wicked witch that that just I'm melting. I can't handle this because your flesh doesn't want to have the word of God. But you need to set your flesh down and you need to read it and you need to submit your flesh to God's word. And, and you need to study it out because it's there you'll find life. God gave his son to die for sin and he gave his word to show us the way to live in the life Jesus brought us. And not only that, then we have the intercession of Christ. Hebrews chapter 7 tells us Jesus said in, in his word that Jesus ever lives to make intercession for us. How many know if he's praying for us, we've got some pretty strong forces on our side? Amen. And not only do we have the Son of God that paid the price, the Word of God to show us the way, the intercession of Christ to strengthen us on the journey, but then we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit to empower us and to point us at all times to Jesus. We have no reason to live in the failure of sin when we have accepted Jesus because we have all things that pertain unto life and godliness that has been given to us. And if we want revival, we have to deal with this. And we have to evaluate our own lives. And, and there's one more that I want to tell you that we have been given. One more thing that is vitally important that we leave out of this process. But here it is. We have the accountability the leadership and the relationships of the body of Christ. All of these are guards against 
living lives of sin. How many know we don't notice that last one as much? But do you know the church is a gift from God for your life and mine? Because it is in the body that we are connected to that we have accountability. Amen. How many know some people don't like to go to church because they don't want the accountability? Amen. We have leadership. That means there are men and women that God has put over us to watch over us and to speak into our lives and to do this. That's a part of the body we're connected to. We have relationships. And these all help us with the accountability to live a life that Jesus has awakened us to. That's why it's important that we gather together. That's why it's important that even more so as we see the day approaching, we not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. What we do here is important. What we do with our church family outside of these walls is important. I want to tell you, just think with me for a moment. Go back. If you were privileged to be raised up in church in, in years past, go back in your mind the days that your life revolved. I know, I know I have that testimony. Not everybody does. But I have the testimony that my life, our life at home revolved around the church. And in that, there was great accountability and there was closeness and there was an ability that when we were struggling someone could call us out but now we live in a day where people don't want to be called out well you call me out I'll, there's 16 churches within a stone's throw here I'll just go to the next one but we need relationships that will help keep us on track and if you're struggling and you're doing something wrong and I notice it or one of your brothers and sisters notices it, the Bible tells us go to that person. If you see them caught in a sin, if you see their life seems to be lawless and transgressing or, or ungodly or it seems like they're just missing the mark, oh God, then in love you go not in judgment but in love because you care for them. Amen. If we want a revival, we have to get a disdain for sin. And it has to become unacceptable in our lives. Any shape or form. That's why I believe in the list of sins the Bible gives us. And there are lists in the Bible, by the way. If you don't believe me, go read Romans 1, verses 18 through 32. You'll find a list of sins. You go read 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. And, and you go read there, verses 9 through 20. You'll find a list of sins. You go read Galatians chapter 5. And you'll find the works of the flesh. These. You go read in 2 Timothy chapter 3, and you'll begin to read about the sins of mankind. There are lists, but I believe the reason that in each of those lists, there are the big ones and the small ones as we consider them. Because he wants to deal with sin as a whole. And it to have no room or no hold in his body. Amen. And so I bring this up to you tonight simply to remind us that if we want revival, then we must make sure we are living in Christ to the fullest of our ability, looking to Jesus. And not just trying to point out everyone else's sin. But examine ourselves. And live free and full before our world. Amen. And if in that examination we find ourselves lacking. We have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ the Anointed. Stand to your feet with me tonight. So, missing the mark becomes unacceptable to us.
knowing to do good and doing it not. Trampling on God's law to get our own way becomes unacceptable. Living lawless, becoming gods unto ourselves, becomes unacceptable. And living ungodly lifestyles becomes unacceptable to us. Amen. Because we want the fullness of Christ in our lives. God's calling his church to a deep walk with him. Because it's going to take that in the world we live in. Amen. How many of you would agree with me and you would say, Pastor, I agree sin is laying at the door. Waiting for any opportunity to find access. So we must be aware. And we must stay in Christ. Let's pray. Father, we love you tonight. We just come to you. Asking you to take us deeper. Examine our lives. Lord, we desire a move of your spirit. We desire in this dark moment of life in our world. We desire to be of the light shining brightly. Father, we want your son, our savior. To be our all in all. To shine brightly through us. To transform us completely. And so we bring ourselves consistently before your word. Consistently in the spirit. Consistently communicating with you through Christ. Consistently connected with our church family. So that we can live free, full And walk in your favor and shine a bright light to our world. Awaken us. Call us to you in deep ways. And let us not settle for anything less. And it's in Jesus name we pray. Amen.